Hey, this is Shamina. This is the Two Quick Things Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a recap of the Woman Evolved 2019 conference. Um, so I have had the opportunity to go to a retreat and a conference this year that was primarily um, designed to envelop and wrap around either black women solely or 98% black women, um, but women of faith um, in the spiritual sense. So this episode will be a little bit different because I don't normally talk about like religious or faith things, but I think you'll be able to find some connections that are not like super churchy because I'm not like a super churchy person. So I will describe this experience as a spiritual disruption. So I've got some notes here because I feel like I was going to go way off the chain with it. So the spiritual disruption. So first I'll start off by saying, ciao, I had a good time. I've never been to Denver before. That's where the conference was. Um, Everything worked out in order of me getting my ticket a long time ago. The flights came in at a reasonable price, stayed with the friend that was there. So God was looking out for my pocketbook in that way. And it's interesting because I got into the retreat for the My Tatcha Retreat, which I did that episode a number of weeks ago. And then I saw these tickets on sale for the Women Evolve Conference. And because I'm a little bit bougie, I was like, oh, let me get this inner circle thing. It's a reasonable price right now. And the prices are probably going to go up. And then it came out in the course of learning about who were going to be the speakers for the Maitachi retreat. Sarah Jakes Roberts was one of them. Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts, excuse me. And I was like, look at God, like putting this all together and ordaining this so that I can see her twice and maybe she'll remember me. I didn't expect that because she has like a million plus followers and why would she remember me? So I saw, I met her and I saw her at the retreat. I talked about that a few episodes ago. That was episodes ago. That was cool. Didn't know what to say. I was awkward, still awkward, still didn't know what to say this time. But I will say there was a meet and greet the first night for the people who had inner circle tickets and child, she remembered me. I was so surprised. I'm sure she didn't probably know my name, but that's fine. But she, when I walked up and she was like, first I saw you in Mexico now in Denver and then hug Kiki for about 30 seconds. Cause they were like, not about the business of moving the line. And then we took a picture and I was like, my day is made. It's hot as I don't know what here because it's cold in the Bay. I had a sweater on today and I had a sweater on at the time of this conference and I was sweating bullets there, but that's fine. So that was super cool to be remembered. Um, I guess I have a memorable face. I'll just say that. So to jump into the experience, I, I felt both light and heavy at the same time throughout. I felt light because I felt like my soul was being, um, poured into and uplifted. And I hadn't been in that space. I didn't even know that I needed that. Um, but I also felt heavy because there were so many things and so many gems to think about. I didn't have enough time to think through all of the stuff that it was coming. So if I could like replay the whole weekend again, I would, so I could highlight those areas that I'm like, Oh, I need to think more about that. And I couldn't type fast enough. I certainly couldn't write fast enough to take the notes that I did. So shout out to the folks who let me (laughs) screenshot their notes, basically, or they text them to me. So yeah, it was a feeling of light and heavy. If you've ever felt that you're like, yes, I need this, but yes, like I need to contemplate and really be in a deep space about this. Um, While I was there, I felt like I got some, like some assignments, like some things to do in my life just by listening to the words. And again, it's not the churchy 
it wasn't as like churchy as you would think. Like, yes, there was scripture. Yes, there was connection to different parables and different people in the Bible. But the translation of those was pretty easy, especially now that I'm older and I didn't, like when I was a kid, I would be at the church all the time. And I'm like, I don't know what we're talking about. And I don't know why these folks are like getting their praise on. It didn't make sense. But now as I'm older and I have had life experiences, it makes more sense. And I can see how those relate to my life. Um, I... I, I can't even capture, I'm going to capture maybe like five, four or five takeaways that I had from there, but I certainly took away like a shift in my own energy and getting out of like a stuck place that I was feeling in and keeping myself in, to be honest, because I didn't know exactly how to move out. And I'll talk a little bit about, um, the environment and moving and such. Um, and then by the end of that experience, I really had like have you ever had this thing where you have like a glimpse of the brightness of your future and you're like, yes, that is it. And now I'm just going to be laying bricks in order to get there. There may not be an exact road, but I'm about to lay the bricks that God is handing me or whomever higher power that you believe in and, and, uh, consider a guiding light. They're going to be giving me these bricks to lay the foundation that's in front of me. You ever had that where you're like, I see it. I don't know exactly how to get there, but I know it's waiting on me and I know that's where I have to be. So sometimes people see that in their careers. Sometimes people see that in a relationship or sometimes you're like, I'm going to start picking these bricks up because I don't want to go down that road. But it was certainly, I saw a brightness that was in front of me, not like the white light that you people see when they're like, I saw a white light and I was going to die. Think it wasn't that it was a brightness and an excitement and an energy around where I'm going to go next. And I don't know exactly where that is, but I know that it's bright and I know that it's waiting for me and it's specifically designed for me. So I'll jump right into the takeaways. The first one, um, so I think it was the first night, um, Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts uh, preached a sermon and she was talking about putting skin in the game in order for the promises of God to to truly take hold in your life. So I was thinking like, how do I translate this in my mind so that it's, that I can, I can tangibly feel it and it makes sense. What does skin in the game mean? I think we all know what that means. Like you got to put something in to get something out, but I had to make it real for me. So if, if I'm, if this is a non-biblical part right here. So uh, it's basically when folks are making it clear, people around you, the universe, whatever you want to call it, in word and in action, they're making it clear that they are investing in you and they are pouring into you. And sometimes you can't see that because sometimes you don't want to see it. Sometimes you you don't know how to receive somebody pouring into you. And it can be difficult to feel like, well, I don't want to invest in this because they said X, Y, Z, or they gave me a look. And these are typically things that we're creating all around us. We're creating those, that narrative in our head. But people are doing those things, the things that they say, even if they're challenging, even if they don't necessarily feel good in that moment, because you you we read things a certain way based on like our mood and the time of day, whatever. And those people are challenging us or pushing us because they're that's how they're investing in us. So you hear me? So sometimes the investment isn't like at a specific dollar amount, but it's people giving you feedback sometimes that you need to hear, but may not want to hear. It's people exposing you. It's people stretching you in terms of your career or stretching you in terms of your relationship. Um, so I had to think about that tangibly. What does that mean for me? I think I was thinking about it in terms of my job because I had been struggling a little bit with a few things that I'm like, how do I work through this? And then I realized that first of all, I was literally blocking my own blessing. 
I was being presented with an opportunity over and over again and getting very clear words of investment from the folks that I have worked with. Like, we want to make this work. How do we do this? And I was like, no, I can't. But I'm, I'm continuing to let them pour into me and to be part of decisions. And I'm like, this was like the clearest marker of the whole weekend. I have to put the skin in the game in order to start to reap the benefits of what people are pouring into me. Instead of just receiving, I have to then pour back into them. So I have to put my own skin in the game so I can really start to see the, 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 the magic happen in these working relationships in the things that we're doing within the organization. I'm getting a little excited, which means I'm talking fast. I'll try to slow down. So that was, that was such a big moment for me. Like I have to put the skin in the game if I want to see this in my situation, this job and this, this career switch start to actually work. My job is to put the skin in the game. They've already planted the seed in me and they keep watering it. And I'm like, no, I'm going in the sun to dry this bad boy out. But I, I need to sit and let and be watered and let that grow and stop trying to stifle what is already being put right in front of me. That is a promise that for me that God has made to me that I am going to be successful in this. So stop blocking your blessing, Shamina, was the thing that I wrote in part of my notes from the conference. Um, the second thing, my leak teal was there. She was the business coach. So everything was designed around coaches, which I thought was really cool. Um, there was like a debt coach. There was a marriage coach, a divorce coach, a parenting coach, a culture coach, etc. So I went to my leaks because I stand for my leak. Um, and one of the things that she said, I can't remember the exact slide she had it on, but I have screenshots of the slides. And it was like, you have to realize that you're not for everybody. And I think logically, we all know this. I certainly know this. And at the same time, I still want to be in control of um, who does and does not care for me, as silly as that sounds. Um, so the, when you get into a place of like starting to um, really move in your purpose and start to uh, move towards success, you will be you will notice how quickly you will start to pull away from those people that you're not for. So maybe your product isn't for them. Maybe your service isn't for them. Those aren't your people. So trying to appease those people who are already not um, going to be there for you and there to be in your corner and like your product is not designed for them. Like my approach as a podcaster and the things that I say, it's not for everybody. And I know that. But my purpose is to be consistent with my messaging because it is for somebody. And the people who that message is for will find this podcast, will resonate with my voice, and the people who I'm not for will no longer listen. But there's like you know tens of millions of people on this planet. You will be for the right people, and the right people will gravitate towards you. But remembering that you can't be all things to all people. It's just not going to work. And you're going to frustrate yourself to do that. So that was like a gem that I knew and I knew logically, but hearing somebody else reframe it and then seeing it, seeing them be successful in, quote, in a quote unquote niche market is helpful. It gives you some, okay, that makes sense. It works for people. I'm not just like making this up. Uh, third point. Uh, Pastor Teray Roberts, who's Sarah, Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts' husband, was the masculinity coach. So I was like, "Oh, is this gonna? How is this gonna feel? Because they're gonna he's gonna talk so much about um, men and masculinity, and as a masculine presenting woman who is gay, like how how is this gonna feel?" 
Um, it felt fine. Um, I have learned to translate things when people talk about marriage and whatnot, um, and men and women to, to talk about relationships and to think about relationships. So I can very quickly, easily do that translation. One of the things that he said is that every environment is not meant for you to thrive in. And I was like, what does that mean, pastor or PT? As I heard people yelling his name and shouting, it's basically like the times that you noticed and you feel and you're in a situation and you feel stifled, you feel stuck. Those are indicators that you need to move. Like you need to move physically, you need to move your mindset, but sometimes you just literally need to move out of that. There's a meme that floats around on Instagram where people are talking about, um, if you experience a level of depression or anxiety, I mean, I don't know how much it's true, but it makes sense logically. Like get up and physically move, like change your environment and be that go outside, go into a different room, get up and stir up the energy in your body so that you have some movement and your blood is flowing. So it's this, it's, it's a similar concept. The, those environments in which you feel constrained are designed for you to move away from. You're not supposed to fit in them. If you keep choosing to stay in those environments where you still feel stuck and constrained, you will always be frustrated. So some of it is, it's not easy and I'm not, he didn't say it was easy and I'm not saying it's easy, but when you start to move, you realize that some environments are too small for you to be successful in. And that doesn't mean you're going to blow up or whatever, but they're, they, they can't contain you because they're too tight. They're restricting and you're not supposed to be in that space. And so part of our job as employees, as partners, as people moving around this planet is to know and pay attention to the times where we feel constrained and then figure out how to move and stop making it so hard. Like, I think we as humans, we want to make things simple, hard, um, and we don't want to do it on purpose, but we talk ourselves into thinking like, this is so hard. And we use the, the words to say, this is hard when really it's pushing past those words and other people telling us, oftentimes other people are in our ears telling us, or you got somebody, you know, the little person sitting on your shoulder talking about, this is hard. I don't know how you're going to do this. If you are still on this planet here, you have survived everything that has been put in front of you. It may have been hard. It may have been difficult, but you at some point made a choice to move and the situation changed. And the grass isn't always going to be greener, but it's certainly, it's going to be different grass. Maybe there'll be a dog that's fertilized it in a different way. Maybe you will step in and be like, ooh, not this grass. So you'll keep moving. So think about that as you think about moving. And so he talked about it in a very, so it wasn't as heavy on the masculinity side. But the last point that I have is um, it was during the marriage coaches. So that was Pastor Ture and Pastor Sarah. And one of the things, again, I have to do the quick translation of, okay, thinking about this as a relationship as opposed to the binary of men and women, um, because that's not something that I uh, align with. So um, in terms of like the strict binary, one or the other. Anywho, um, they talked about creating a safe place, um, which the social justice folks that listen, you can't create a safe place. I get it. But creating an environment within which your partner's heart can come to rest. So are you creating an environment or a, um, a space for your partner to come into you and that be a true place of rest and vice versa? And when you mutually invest in creating that environment for each other that nurtures, uplifts, and makes room for your partner to thrive, you both win. So you're both like 
constantly pulling each other up. So are you doing that? And it really made me think about myself and wife, like what are we doing to support each other's dreams and goals? And how are we creating a space where we can both like feel like we can be at rest with the other person? And so that really changed my thoughts around like, how am I showing up in my marriage? And like, I want to, I want to be that place where, and I don't think that I'm not, but I can certainly be doing a better job of nurturing and supporting and uplifting um, wife's goals and aspirations and being her biggest cheerleader because she deserves it. And I deserve to be with someone who's moving in that direction because when people are moving in that direction and they get excited about what they're doing and their partner is with them, they're going to want to do more. They're going to want to do better and to be successful in that. So when you're doing that for each other and you have a commitment to invest in each other in that way, you become unstoppable. Yes, there'll be hiccups in the road, but when you, you've got that place to come back to where your heart is safe, where you feel good about what you're doing and how you're moving about the world. And if you don't, you have a place where you can come and cry it out and talk it out and figure out what are the next steps that we're going to go through in this relationship so that we can thrive together. Maybe it's one person thriving at a time, but we can thrive together because I know that my time is coming to be successful and to thrive. And I know that you'll have my back in that. So that was, that was like real, real deep for me. Like just to think about like, I want to be that partner and I want to be a better partner so that it's a place where wife's heart can come and rest with me. And it feels safe and secure. And like, you can just let your hair down if you have hair and just fully exhale. So yeah, I really, I like, so those are like four of the top takeaways of that experience. Um, I want to give a shout out to being able to see some of my Maitachi retreat sisters, um, with a special shout out and squeeze to joy who I absolutely adore. Um, I'm excited to attend the conference next year with my crew of joy and Teresa y'all like shout out to y'all. Um, because we all got our inner circle tickets by the end of like, I think maybe by the end of the first day. I, I was the first one and I sent the screenshot to the, the group text and I was like, ladies, we're coming back. We're coming a little early so we can have some fun and, you know, relax and so I can get used to this heat because it's a July again in 2020. Um, but it was, I'm, I'm so excited to experience this with them again. Um, I also want to shout out to my new buddy, Gabrielle, if you're listening, I hope that you are. Um, sister, I, I, God ordained our meeting and our connection. Um, there was nothing but God doing his usual magic in that. And please know that I got you. Um, hopefully that you are listening to this. I'll probably text you in a minute to be like, girl, listen to the podcast. But I got you. God set this like he lobbed that bad boy perfectly. And it was a home run. Um, I see you. Um, I am here for you. So know that you have a support in me. Um and then at the end, I didn't get a chance to do one last week because the episode was like super long. So thanks for listening. If you listen to So You Want a Career Change episode last week. But this week, I want to highlight a quick um, a podcast. It is called um, Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Apparently, I am late to the game and finding out who this sister is. Um, episode 18 was entitled Waiting to Exhale, Black Women and Anxiety. And when I tell you, First of all, I was offended because I, the, you don't know my life, Demetria, and the therapist that she had on. So I don't appreciate you talking about me, even if you didn't say my name. Because there were certainly many points in there where I felt that that message was for me. 
Um, so I thank you for that. Um, and then I also um, just really appreciated the, the honesty and the dialogue around uh, anxiety versus uh, feelings of anxiousness. It just really resonated, especially as um, a black woman on this planet who um, hasn't been able to shake the expectations of other people as much as I want to around being the strong friend and being so strong and unbreakable. Um, so yeah, really good episode. I appreciated, uh, the dialogue and certainly saw myself in part of that. All right. Hopefully you've gotten to the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. Um, again, as always, if you have, as always, I've done this for four episodes. If you are listening, you already know where to find it. Please share it with your friends and, um, slide into my DMS. I'm on Facebook. On and on Instagram. I'm more on Instagram than Facebook, but they're both there. If you search for two quick things, you can follow, you can DM, you can comment. Um, and I think that's it. All right. Thanks y'all for listening. And I will get at y'all next week. Bye.